everybody. The song that you're listening to is One Step Closer by Lincoln Park. Uh, the reason why we're playing this, obviously, out of respect uh, for Chester Bennington, the lead singer who recently passed away. And on this week's episode, we went over our review for War for the Planet of the Apes. Our throwback flick was Captain America, the first Avenger. And we played a round of One's Gotta Go, Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter. Hope you enjoy. And hello, everybody, everybody, hello, and welcome to We Synced It. I Synced It. Yes, it is a weekly podcast that focuses in on all the movies, TVs, and the entertainment in between. I am one of your hosts, Pat. And this is Kev. And how is everybody doing today? It's a very bittersweet day. Yeah. Very bittersweet. Um couple several hours before we started recording um the news <clears throat> officially announced um that the lead singer of lincoln park chester bennington uh passed away at the age of 41 he was found in one of his homes in california um by hanging uh which is crazy because this is like this is in my opinion like one of the best like rock singers from our generation like if we if we were to make a, a a list of like the top vocalists from our generation, like he would definitely be up there with like the lead singer from Corn, Slipknot. Like he had one of those voices that everybody remembers. This is a the front man of a band that came out with so many number one hits, so many songs that we still like sing to ourselves from time to time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it was really sad. Like as soon as I found out what happened. I started remembering, like, I, I still remember to this day, like, the first time I heard the first Linkin Park album. Like, I remember my brother and I, we went to Circuit City. He, uh, yeah, Circuit City. <laughs> we went to Circuit City. He bought the Linkin Park album. I bought uh, the Stained album. And then we went home, and I started listening to the Stained album. And then my brother popped in the Linkin Park CD. And I enjoyed his CD more than the CD that I bought. <laughs> Even though Stain is still a great band, don't get me wrong. Um, and that first album is great. But that, yo, when I heard Crawling and One Step Closer and all those songs in the end, like. Yeah, man. That first album. Oh, my gosh, dude. It, it yo, it taught me a lot about, like, because before I listened to Linkin Park, you know, I would say that, you know, I was heavy into hip hop. I would listen to a little bit of rock, but mostly, you know, I was just into, you know, the music videos. I really liked the uh, rock music videos. But when Linkin Park came out, it was like, usually I would make fun of somebody who's uh, who's rapping in some type of R&B or some type of pop or something like that. But when I've heard, when I heard the mixture of, like, like yelling and rap, with the with the you know the sound of the guitar and the bass and all this, yo, know, it just took me, and I was like, yo, Linkin Park, yeah, I'm all about that. I must have bought in my lifetime that first album. I must have bought it like three or four times, because <laughs> I know the first one it was uh it got scratched and I bought it again, 
And I remember uh, when I worked at FYE, I bought it. <laughs> I bought it just because I'm like, oh man, this city is five dollars. Yeah, let me get it. Let me buy it. Oh, the whole Lincoln Park collection is uh what? I think they there was a they had a collection that had hybrid. It had uh, it had what? It the, even had the Texas show. Oh, the live in Texas. The live in Texas, and it had the one with Jay Z and Lincoln Park, which was. Oh my God, man! I remember when I when I was told about that whole uh, collage together, and I was like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, man, it's gonna be shown on uh, MTV on Sunday." You say what? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I yeah, I actually sat down and watched that whole. Uh, yeah, it was um, like an hour long special. Yeah, yeah, that whole special take place, and then I bought the CD when it came out, and I remember I was working at Polo at the time, and yo, that shit was on repeat. <laughs> Just playing it, just because it was uh, it was everything that you liked about Jay Z, all all the the songs that you like uh, that came from Jay Z, and the songs that you like from uh, Lincoln Park into one, and I loved every bit of it, every bit of it. Oh, man. Yeah, man, it's it's sad because it's uh-huh. you know it's not it's not gonna be the same. Even if they decide to continue making music and find a new lead singer, it's not gonna be the same. Yeah. And the the thing that shocked me is just that, yo, know, I I did not see it coming. I mean, at one point he was uh, he was a frontman for Journey, wasn't he? He was no uh, the frontman for Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots, that's what it was. I mean, he was doing that kind of stuff. You would usually think that someone who is um, who's feeling depressed or something like that wouldn't be going out of his way to do other things or something like that. Especially creative projects like yeah. that. And I just didn't see it coming, man. I mean, a lot of people were saying, you know, I got people on my fa- on my Facebook who are like, oh, man, babe, this thing shocked them to the core. And now I'm realizing that there's a lot of people who who I didn't know who are into rock, who are into Linkin Park. And some of them who are not, they, uh, nah, I don't fuck with rock, but, but they, they, fuck, they but fuck with Linkin Park. Yeah, that, that was, I think that was one of the cool things about them was that, you didn't have to be a rocker to listen to them. Yeah. You could just like listen to it and enjoy it mm-hmm. and not have to listen to other rock bands. Like that's how I think magnetic their music was. Um and a, just a couple weeks ago I found out that they were going to perform here on August 20th, which is my birthday. Oh, wow. And I was actually contemplating buying tickets. I was like maybe that could be like a like I'll buy my like get myself a birthday gift like, you know, and and then this happened. Like, it's insane. Man, but, um, yeah, rest in peace, mm-hmm. Mr. Chester Bennington. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, well, before we continue, the reason why we brought this up is because, I mean, obviously, this was like a big impact in our lives. And, you know, we do talk about the en- entertainment in between both movies and TV. Music is in a form of entertainment, obviously. Yes. And Chester was an actor. He did have um, a couple scenes in one of the Saw movies. He was in Crank 1 and 2, made cameo appearances. So, <laughs> Did I see both of those movies? No. I'm not a Crank fan. No, me neither. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next topic. Um, we did uh, see War for the Planet of the Apes last week. Um what do you what, what's your review pat um it didn't give me what i wanted 
it was it was uh, not really a war. Um, it was a slave movie. <laughs> it was a slave movie, and uh, it was it was basically like a a movie that was set in war times, but it was a slave movie set in war times, or let's say uh, what do you call it? Enemy of the state? No, no. Uh, behind prison lines? Um, no. Give me a second. I'll get it. I'm circling around, circling the drain. This movie was basically. Um, Prisoner of War movie. That's what it was. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I thought from even on the covers and the little the the billboards that they have, you would think that you'll see like, oh, okay, we're gonna see like apes riding horses with guns and spears versus like a military that has like tanks and stuff. And you will want to root for the the apes because it's like, yeah, man, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm three movies deep, so as far as I know, I'm invested. But um, it didn't show you any of that kind of stuff. It was more like uh, it was espionage, spying, stuff like that. And then people got captured. Um, it was it was an all right movie. It was it was an okay movie. Um, I watched it once. You know, I would I would give this movie a second a second go through. But not in the movie theaters. I'll watch it like if it comes on HBO or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I will watch it like that a uh, second go go around um and which is uh, big for me because I all the other Planet of the Apes movies I never felt that way except the one that had Mark Wahlberg because that one was just um all the apes kind of looked like Michael Jackson <laughs> They all kind of look like Michael Jackson to me um <coughs> and I like the way that they were running because that gave us the whole, uh, I'm going to put the sheet on the floor and drag it <laughs> drag it from a car so I can show that they run a little bit faster. It was a cool movie. I don't think a lot of people enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it. Well, is it, I think it was the ending that threw everybody off. I didn't understand the ending. I was like, what the hell? I think it was one of those things that um, you're just having a conversation with probably a couple of people from the crew. And you're like, yo, wouldn't it be cool if he was to go back? And then it was like. All the apes are human beings. Yeah. Let's do it. We got the money. I mean, we have like a little bit of money left over. Maybe that's what happened. It didn't make any sense. And I think it's supposed to be one of those things that uh, you're not really supposed to pay attention to it. <laughs> when I bought the DVD, the DVD actually came with a a card that explained the ending. And I had a graph showing it just because so many people were confused that they had to actually add that so basically um mark Wahlberg goes back to earth like he literally was on another planet Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the charlton heston one where he was on earth the whole time no he literally does go to another planet but he time travels as well so um all right in the beginning of the of of the movie mark Wahlberg is on a space station there's there's an ape that's on that space station a chimpanzee right. they send them into space mm-hmm. that chimpanzee ends up going through time and lands on a planet millions and millions of years pass and now there's like the civilization of apes on that planet mm-hmm. mark Wahlberg goes through that same time warp and ends up on that planet it's already uh, inhabited by those talking apes when he comes back How to smart Earth, was that ape that got there the first time yeah he was i don't know he's supposed to be just really smart i don't know <laughs> They, you see, they didn't really explain that. <laughs> and then he comes back to Earth, but the bad ape that was on that planet, 
he was trapped inside of the space station that had crashed on the planet eventually. Mm-hmm. That thing had an, an escape pod as well. So he traveled back to Earth as well. But he ended up going through like a different time warp. Got to Earth before Mark Wahlberg. And started a civilization of apes. Of talking apes. So by the time Mark Wahlberg got there, it was already too late. How did he do that? Exactly. You see how you're asking all these questions? That's what happened. So he just started a civilization of talking apes. Or maybe he brought some apes with him from the other planet. And that's how it all started. Okay, so he got he went to his escape pod, went back to the main, like, let's call it Earth One, <laughs> where Mark Wahlberg and him came from. Landed. Said, okay, I'm going to grab some of you guys with me. I'm going to get on a spaceship. Not going to make one. I'm just going to grab one of these spaceships. And then we're going to go through the time warp again. And we're find another planet Earth before uh, we're gonna we're gonna go before uh, what's that? Before humans were able to talk and stuff like that, when they were just mumbling and stuff like that. We're gonna take them over, probably kill them off, put them in. Well, I don't think he went that early. Oh, he didn't go that early. I don't think he went that early, but uh, probably went to like the point that um, humans were at the Civil War or something like that, which would be a cool movie. I think that would even out the playing field. <laughs> If apes were just to, they'd do a Planet of the Apes movie that was about the Civil War or something like that. It was like, oh, because you know humans really can't communicate because we don't have the technology at that time, and um, yeah. our our guns were weren't that fast. It was like muskets, so I think the shooting time was like once every two minutes or three minutes. <laughs> well, they have better odds compared to now. We have guns that. I mean, we'll just riddle you with bullets. Well, I think for this new trilogy, um, I think this was like a good ending to the trilogy. Like it ended on a emotional and dramatic high note, mm-hmm. which was good. I'm going to talk about like the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. Uh, cons, I think they need to, they should have renamed these movies like i think they were all named incorrectly Mm -hmm. like the first movie should have been dawn of the planet of the apes because it's the dawn of a new era yeah the second one should have been war for the planet of the apes Mm because the second one is a war movie yeah and then this one because the apes end up coming out winning Mm. rise of the planet of the apes yeah that's how it should have been yeah dawn war rise yeah but they went backwards and went rise dawn war maybe they did when they wrote the scripts and the first pages of the scripts just got fucked up. And it was just like, oh, shit. Well, fuck it. It's just the first pages. It just gave it it just gave it to him. Um, but one thing I noticed um, that I found really interesting is that the best performances in this movie came from the digital characters. It came yeah. from the apes. Mm-hmm. Um, a performance that was more memorable than the main character, Caesar, was Bad Ape, the funny one. The one that they found that also oh, speaks yeah. English. Uh-huh. I didn't even know that that was Steve Zahn. The actor, uh, Steve Zahn, is the guy from Joyride. He, oh shit! Yeah, that's that's his. That was, <laughs> yeah. He did a re- he did a really good job. I would have never guessed that that was him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> got lost. <laughs> so my question is like, is you know, these uh, animated digital performances are getting so good. Is this gonna cause? the academy to evolve in their nominations for oscars um because i know like i think uh gollum from lord of the rings i don't know if was he ever nominated Ooh, for no, i doubt it 
I I doubt that Gollum was nominated for but, an Oscar. And I know there's a lot of old people in the Academy, mm-hmm. so they're probably like skeptical about this whole thing. But well, I mean, that guy who played Gollum, who also played Caesar in this movie, has been saying that all. I mean, I'm not a fan of him because the way that he talks about people who, uh, who actually, uh, you know, who who actually edit movies and uh, who actually deal with the CGI and stuff. Who he says some, um, what, what would you call it, derogatory? Not really derogatory, but some flammatory comments towards them. So I'm not really a fan of um, the way that he talks. And all I feel is that. Um, don't give the credit to the actual person who's speaking, but give it to the person who's actually doing the work, the CGI ist artist. Okay. Because for the most part, they have to. They have to convey what you're, what you're. They basically have to buy what you're selling, kind of shit. Like, okay, I really need to match this, the emotions to the way that it looks. Everything needs to link up. I just can't have it. As flat as um, as he's giving it to me, or as he's showing it to me, kind of thing. Because for the most part, when they show the clips of the people who have the dots on their face, like the actual characters who are actually in the thing, you can see their face. And to be honest, the performance is eh. <laughs> it's it's like whatever. But once they show you post work, I'm like, yo, okay, I see what. What was actually happening in this scene, kind of thing, yeah. like the scene where uh, Caesar's um, son finally comes back from um, from searching for a new place, a new home, whatever. That was all CGI because it was nothing but apes, and they showed you this human moment, but it was apes. Like you see that oh he he came back to a lost love or something like that, and it was like oh there's this girl. I guess he had feelings for. Not really sure if it was in part two or whatever, but it was like, oh, they they having this uh, interaction, and I was like, oh, so there's feelings and stuff, and I felt it, and I know that they wanted you to feel it so you can be more invested into these characters, because um, for the most part, they always try in movies and even in games. They always they are their the main focus is always on people who who haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Who haven't seen the prequels? Who haven't seen these? So it's like, well, we're gonna either catch you up, or we're gonna have you invested into these new characters right here that you've never seen before, kind of thing. And that's what they did. To be honest, I didn't know. I didn't know that the three who stayed back in the movie, like uh, who stayed back with Caesar, the two, my bad, the the ape that had the flat face, called mm-hmm. flat face ape. And the the, the big ass gorilla, they were there since inception, like ever since uh, the first one. Yeah. Like the big one, he 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 didn't really like uh, Caesar because Caesar was like a smart ape or whatever. And then Caesar helped him out by giving him the gas and stuff. If you watch the first movie, the big ape was the one who gave the gas to the other apes after Caesar like broke him free and got him to actually think. And do all the other stuff. In part two, he um, uh, I don't re- I don't even remember. I think he was like not on Caesar's side at first. Yeah, you're talking about Koba, yeah, the bad one, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Koba was there. There was four apes in the beginning. There was the the evil one that uh, Caesar killed in part two. 
there was the flat face one, and then there was the big guy. Oh, okay. There was the yeah. big guy who, I mean, spoiler alert, he dies in part three. And I didn't know why, um, you know, it was supposed to be like a sad moment that he died. But then I realized that, oh, man, he's like, he's been like Caesar's friend, like uh, bodyguard ever since like the beginning to the point that he had like patrols. He was like a general in the army, but he was really like Caesar's one of like Caesar's best friends kind of thing. And he died. And the way that he died was like so fucking crummy. Yeah. It was not really dramatic. The only thing that was dramatic is just that he just fell over and then uh, he just he just died. But the way that he died was like it was not really for nothing. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> at the visual effects though, I thought oh, are getting yeah, better with each movie. This movie definitely needs to be nominated. One thing that I really loved were was Caesar's eyes. I need to see a behind-the-scenes featurette because I don't, I can't tell if those eyes are real. Like, is that the real actor's <laughs> eyes, or if those were digital? Because, like, in moments where they were glossy, mm-hmm. like they were red and glossy, like they look like real human eyes. Um, also, th- and this is a con. Um, Woody Harrelson's performance. I enjoyed parts of it. Like I loved when he showed his wicked side. Like he just went and like shot an ape in the head without any hesitation. Like I loved those moments. However, I didn't like when like that was the only moment in which you saw he was crazy. That was it. Just because he shot an yeah, ape man. in the head. And for, then for then, an antagonist, he was he he was he, a little watered down. Yeah, he really wasn't on screen that much. Yeah, and. There's this scene where he talks about pretty much he basically explains how he turned bad. He tells the story about his son. And I hate when they do that in movies where it's like they just explain it through dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't this isn't an audiobook. This is a movie. I want to see it. Like mm-hmm. show me a flashback. Show me like that dramatic moment when he finds out that his son can't talk and that his son is basically like de-evolving or something. Mm-hmm. That to me would have been a lot more powerful. Then I would have understand like Okay, I get him. I see why. But if you're just explaining it through dialogue, I, I feel like that's like a cheap cop out. Like it's, oh, we don't have time to shoot that. Just you know, he'll just talk about it as a flashback story. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of like that type of like cheap exposition. Um, overall, what would you give this movie? Um, shit, I give it. I give it two and a half stars, or two and a half uh, eight punches, Donkey Kong punches. <laughs> two and a half. All right. I I think I give it the same score. Two and a half out of what we're doing four or five. Five out of five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two and a half. All right. With, I, with the it has a high rewatchability. It does have a high rewatchability. I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like watching the whole trilogy though. Before yeah. watching it again. Yeah, I think it's one of those. Yeah, I'll have to watch the whole. Uh... Yeah, because I want to see. I got to I gotta see the. What happened to Kiba. I, I mean, I understand that he. He didn't like the humans and stuff like that. The, the way the movie ended. Was. Was perfect. The whole thing about. Uh, spoiler alert. Caesar dies at the end. But it makes perfect sense because um, Caesar is basically like he's the only, he's he's the last one of the apes who actually has killed other apes before. 
and possibly killed any other humans and stuff like that. Every other ape there are just, um, you know, they're friendly apes. They're they're like, like they're part of the community. Yeah, they're part of the community. So it makes sense for him to be, um, to die. And on top of that, in the whole movie, he was saying like, I'm just like Kiba. Like, I'm just like, I'm just like him. I still have the same anger and stuff like that. And all the other apes don't have that same anger. They don't have that anger at all. They're just, you know, they just want to live life, and Caesar, you know, he he's taking that role that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be the violent one, so they don't have to be. I'm gonna be in leader. I'm gonna I'm gonna protect these. In order to protect them, I'm gonna have to do the stuff that you know I'm gonna have to get my hands dirty, and it, it makes perfect sense for him to die, kind of thing. And the flat face, I mean, he's just the educator. He's the one who. Who teaches them how to like uh, do sign language and stuff like that? All right, so that was our review for War of, War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, we're gonna do something we haven't done in a while. Uh, throwback flicks of the week. Pat, you wanted to talk about Captain America: The First Avenger? Yeah, um, I saw Captain America one more time. Uh, saw it two, three days ago, and I felt that. Um, I thought that it was better than uh, Wonder Woman. I was about to call a Warrior Woman. <laughs> I thought it was better than what uh, Wonder Woman, just based off of like um, everything that it had. Like um, I felt that it was. I don't know. I just really <laughs> I, maybe I'm trying to be sexist. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to really think like, am I sexist because I like uh, Captain America more than Wonder Woman? But what are the reasons? Like what? Well, like, what made you I make, think it's enjoy because that more? they really uh, everything that I liked about Captain America, they really put it in the forefront. Like they really catered to the stuff that I've seen in like Captain America cartoons or comic books. Like the whole thing about um, he and you know they they pander to it, but they they paid homage to the things that he done and everything that he is in the comic books, but. They didn't do it in a way that it's like, oh, it's 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 uh it's bad or anything like that. What they like the whole thing about the shield, you saw that he had the shield. Everything like uh when the first Captain America comic book came out, his shield that he used when he was on tour looked exactly the same. And then uh, his whole his whole outfit looked exactly the same that it was in a comic book. Even though his comic book he had like feathers. On the top, which I was, I'm like, yeah, I didn't know that <laughs> until I actually saw it on certain comic books. I'm like, Ugh, that looks really cheesy. But then um, the way that he uh, he got his new shield, I'm like, oh, that's cool. His weapons, uh, his fight tactics, and I found out some new things that Captain America could do. Because at, at the when I was a little kid, I thought Captain America was just a guy who just just a regular guy who just had a shield. I didn't know about the whole thing about a. Uh, him being tested and everything like that because uh, when I was a little kid, I never bought comic books. It was one of those things that somebody would like let me hold a comic book and I would just read it right there and I was just in the middle of a story. <laughs> Doesn't matter what's happening. I was enjoying it like, oh, okay. Like, oh, okay, cool. I like this. I like this kind of stuff. I never like bought a series from one to whenever the series ended because I didn't have that kind of money. That's the, the way things went. And um, Wonder Woman never did anything like that. To me, it never showed me like um, 
her 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 like her tools her tricks of the trade kind of thing it never like showed things that were in a comic book and and it never showed me the things that were in the comic book that uh I joy to and like about that I that I enjoyed about uh Wonder Woman in actual film it just it was just like yeah okay yeah this character is about uh a com this this movie is about a comic book character and go with it it's like boom we're just going full steam ahead there was no homage to you know what she was before kind of thing and maybe because you know, the first Wonder Woman, you know, uh, she had, like, I think one of her uh, her weaknesses was, like, being tied up or something like that. That They didn't have to show that kind of stuff. But, I mean, <laughs> I would like to at least see, like, something about the Lasso of Truth or something about the swords or anything like that. Because I remember there was this comic book about Wonder Woman and it showed that Superman picked up her sword and he ran his hand through it and this, it made him bleed. I would like to know something more about that fucking sword because when I when I found out about that, I'm like, God damn, how sharp is that goddamn sword that it can cut Superman? That sword has to be mad fucking sharp. But they didn't show any of that stuff. It was like one of those like, yeah, you know what? Um, it's because she's a woman. So it, that's what I felt. To be honest, that's what I felt. It was, it was one of those things like, oh, you're not in this group, so you wouldn't understand continue <laughs> it's one of those things that that's what i felt that's what uh wonder woman was pretty much about like oh you, you you're not a woman you don't go through mistress right cycles so you don't understand her power that she has okay i've bled before <laughs> i bled maybe not once a month but i've bled before and i think there's is there science to it i need some science or something like that can you at least teach me what, what teach me your powers teach me what's going on walk me through it don't just what you call it don't let don't tell me to build this ikea furniture without no instructions <laughs> and that's what wonder woman did to me all right <laughs> <clears throat> i unfortunately don't have any throwback flicks <laughs> uh i've been watching um i haven't been watching anything i have been watching movies though i mean we've been watching mm-hmm. a lot of movies we got Dunkirk that's coming out next yep, week. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'm gonna try to see that tomorrow, if not Sunday. You go to IMAX. Yeah, I got it. Of course. You know, if you go to to the IMAX, I think it's today. They give you a free shirt. You get a free. Uh, I seen Dun- Dunkirk uh, movie T-shirt. You want to go? <laughs> you know it's sold out, man. You know it's sold out. It is you it. Never know. We can try. I don't know. Try, man. I don't know. I don't we'll have no see. Problem. We'll see. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Um, and I'm probably going to see this movie more than once anyway because it's Christopher Nolan. But anyway, I di- I digress. Uh, now for the topic of the night, we're going to play another game of One's Gotta Go. Wait, I have a I have something to say about okay. Christopher Nolan. Do you feel that there's because there's some people out there who are not fans of uh, Christopher Nolan, and uh, I was listening to a YouTube uh, channel. Well, I was on the internet and um, cracked. Listened to them, and they had they were talking about how they're not Christopher Nolan fans, but they feel that Christopher Nolan, he's one of those directors that he writes something, and there's no give to what kind of performance he wants from you. So basically, you guys, uh, the actors are just like puppets. It's like you're you're interchangeable, kind of thing. That's what they're saying. Do you feel that way? 
Because do like, you feel that anybody can play those roles because it's a Christopher Nolan movie? I can't see anyone playing that Joker. Maybe. If Christopher Nolan wanted that Joker, do you think that anybody could have played that role? Orlando Bloom could have played that role? No. Okay. I always mix up Orlando Bloom with, <laughs> with, with Ledger. Ledger. When they were alive, I always mixed them up together. I do think uh, I do think Leonardo DiCaprio's role could have been played by other actors. Because um, it would it definitely wasn't his strongest performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good performance, but it wasn't like Academy Award winning, like, oh, this is going to be unforgettable type. Um, what about in the Prestige? The Prestige? Yeah. I, I, I could see where they're coming from when they say stuff like that. I, I, I do feel like Christopher Nolan, I think when he's making a movie, he likes to focus on the overall picture. Mm-hmm. Um, he does hire good actors, but he's not going to sit there and say, I like, I'm going to give you a scene that hopefully is going to win you an Oscar. Let's do it. Yeah, because like, he reminds me of, um, dude, he reminds me of, like, a football coach. He reminds me of freaking, uh, damn it. I forgot the freaking football coach, uh, the coach of uh, the fucking the Pats. Mm. <laughs> but it's like, okay, um, I have these tools. They're the best tools that you can buy. They're freaking uh, John Deere's <laughs> of tools or whatever. And I have this movie. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use the best tool for its for its purpose. Like, okay, this person is really good at comedy. I'm gonna put them in the comedy slot. This person is really good at uh, crying on cue and bringing out emotions. I'm gonna use this person in this slot. So he's just using the best person in each slot that they're for, and then he says, "Okay, now just do your thing." He says, "I use you." So when it comes down to like him directing the actors, it's like, "All right, I use you." Uh, he says. When they say, what's my motivation? It says, you're good at crying on cue and you're good at bringing out emotions. Do that. That's what this script is for. Do that kind of stuff. And it shows that kind of way because remember there was some talk saying that uh, he never gave anybody the whole script. He only gave them just like lines. Yeah. So it shows them that it's like, yeah, I, I have a grand picture and I just need you to just do what you do best. Yeah. And... Maybe that's the way he is. He is a, if if that's the case, he's a great director to do, to be able to just direct people like that. I'm just talking about like just people in general. Yeah, a lot of I've I've seen in numerous interviews, uh, actors that have worked with him all said that he lets he gives them freedom. Mm-hmm. Like he's just one of those like yo, just do your thing. Yeah, because he knows what they're gonna do. Like just do your thing. The camera's just gonna roll. If you want to improvise, go ahead yo, and improvise. Like, yo, that's like, like a, that's a fucking Vince Lombardi shit because he knows that running backs are going to run, quarterbacks are going to throw, wide receivers are going to catch, and it's like, yeah, all right, just do what you're going to do. I'm going to give you this route. You run it. The quarterback's going to throw you the ball. What you do, you catch the ball. That's it. He knows what you're going to do because it's not like you're going to be like a fucking wild card. No, no, you're going to do what you're going to do kind of shit. Yeah. I gave you this line. This is what it is. If that's the case, man, his body of work is... I got to take another look. That's like fresh eyes looking at somebody's <laughs> work. It's like, wow. If this is the way that you're doing things, amazing. But at the same time, though, I feel like... Even though most, not all, because I still think Heath Ledger was an unforgettable performance. But there's some characters... Like... they They're still memorable though mm-hmm. like yeah but 
like like uh he, Bane, he like Bane in uh, the Dark Knight Rises, yeah. like that was that was a memorable performance. Well, he could have put somebody else there. Okay. It was just beyond math. Heath Ledger, right? Uh, we posted up a, a a clip from that had the script on the bottom yeah. and had the. He said word for word, what was on that script. Heath Ledger brought out the Joker from that script by adding his little his little fine touches to it. It I'm I'm thinking just just off the tip of my head I'm thinking that, yo, um, Christopher Nolan does not want people to veer from the script at all. If you could, if you want to veer from the script, you can just you have to add like your little ums or hums or like actions to it. You can't get off script because. I think it's going to take away from the main yeah. story of it, kind of thing. Yeah, because because uh, Christopher Nolan is a writer too, and like he writes all of his movies. And writers don't like when you go off script, for the most part. Writers don't like that shit at all, and especially if a writer's a director, that means that whatever they wrote, that's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. him and his brother are like that shit. All right. So one's got to go. Mm. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Versus Harry Potter. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> now, I've let you go first numerous times. Go ahead, man. I think I'm going to go first go this time. So, Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter. Go For ahead. me, the one that's got to go is Lord of the Rings. The reason why I say that is because Harry Potter okay. has more movies and they're more enjoyable. Than the three, no, five movies that Lord of the Rings had. Because those last two, I'm sorry, but I was over it. I that Those last two movies were so done with. Okay, when you mean letting the, uh, like they gotta go, you mean the whole Lord of the Rings, even the the books and everything? Uh, I, I was kind of just talking about the movies oh, just the movies okay yeah just the movies all right that that brings it in a little bit i'm going to have to do some other research while you go continue like, continue like I, I i i didn't care about what adventure they were going on what language they were speaking it was just like i was done with it um i understand lord of the rings did win academy awards i get that it did win best film the return of the king won best film but um I think Harry Potter was a more successful franchise turned into an amusement park attraction to because that's how enjoyable that series is. I think uh the story is more relatable because we I think uh more more kids can connect themselves to Harry Potter than Frodo. Um and uh I think um had a it, the the Harry Potter series had a way better soundtrack, um, I, and I think way the, better soundtrack. Yeah, man, John Williams did the theme song to Harry Potter. Doesn't matter, man. John motherfucking <laughs> Williams. Uh, but I think overall, man, it's just it's a funner series to watch. And what's really cool is that each film is completely different. Each of them has like a different theme. Even though it's the same story and it's the same plot and the same, you know, beginning to end, like, you know, what what is supposed to be going on, what's supposed to be going down. But each of them has like, you know, there's like the dark one. There's the more comedic one. There's the one that's more action filled. 
you know, everyone has like their favorite uh, Harry Potter film. With the Lord of the Rings, it's like, oh, what's your favorite movie? The Return of the King. Like everyone pretty much knows which one they love, and it's all the same. It's kind of boring. What do you say, Pat? Um, I say that um, Harry Potter. It's gotta go. It's gotta go out the door just for simple fact that um. The reason why they have their own theme park is because the books were made for kids. Silly rabbit. <laughs> so, um, of course, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's one of those, um, what's those, uh, young adult books. No, I think it's just for kids. So, that's why it's going to have a theme park or whatever, everything like that. The whole movie was made for kids. Uh, I, I saw one and two forcefully. I was forced into watching both of those movies, saw it. I was almost tricked into watching the third one, but then I realized that they just want me to watch the whole goddamn series until I enjoyed it. So I stopped myself. Ended up watching the last movie, and I watched, what, the, how many movies is it? Like six or something? What? Which one? The the Harry Potter movies. Oh, Harry Potter. I think like eight, nine? Eight. I ended up watching the last two, but the last two... The second to the last, I watched like a good 30 minutes of. And then the last one, I actually paid for a ticket to go watch the movie. And I wasn't invested. People said that she wasn't invested because uh, I didn't watch the other movies. But as I said before, they make these movies based off of you not watching any other movies and it being a standalone. And that movie, if that movie was a standalone, I still wouldn't have been invested. I don't care that one of the twins died in the war. I didn't see him die. I just saw that they were carrying his body. He could have been sleeping for all I cared. <laughs> but uh, those Harry Potter movies, were, of course, is going to be good because they're just a jumble of everything that we already liked about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings movie. What's the who's the author? Who's the author of uh of uh, the Harry Potter movie? What's her name? J.K. Rowling. Mm, and who is the author of Lord of the Rings? Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm. Where'd she get that name from? <laughs> Where'd she get that name? Where'd she get the J? J, huh? J.R. What? You don't see this? You don't see the resemblance? I know I'm reaching, but still. That is a <laughs> that is a reach it's to a nothing. Reach. And another thing, the fact that everybody enjoys uh, The Return of the King doesn't take away from it. Everybody knows what a good movie is. We we don't need to jumble around being like people like, oh, I like Harry Potter 1. I like Harry Potter 2. And on top of that, they needed eight movies to tell a story that could have been told in three. Lord of the Rings were just told in three movies. Well, Lord of the Rings was told in three movies, and then they freaking tried to milk the cow with yeah. The Hobbit. Those, those The Hobbit movies were just like the first Actually, movie. Actually, I shouldn't shows. even say that because they did the same thing with Harry Potter. Yeah. The last movie was divided into two. Yeah, you see? And on top of that, the, the last two movies, uh, what you call it? The I forgot the name of the, those movies. The, the Hobbit Fellowship, whatever the name of that shit. But those movies were... Just like the uh, the Star Wars series, like the beginning, the prequel, the prequels, they really don't matter to people who are into the series. Lord of the Rings had everything adult oriented. We had people got stabbed. We had orcs. We had walking trees. We had elves. We had rings, jewelry, mind you. We had uh, Gollum, who I don't even know what the hell he was, but he was something. Dude, we have wizards. 
witches, goblins, and elves. And they still, to me, it still doesn't hold up. Because I looked at the Rotten Tomato uh, ratings, and Lord of the Rings has uh, a 90... Let me see. Lord of the Rings had... Uh, IMDb, 8 out of... 8.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomato, 9.1. And uh, Media Critic, 92. Harry Potter, not even close to any of those numbers. I'm not going to tell you the numbers that it has. Because he's lying. <laughs> Let me... <laughs> Harry Potter doesn't even have anything close to those Let numbers. Let me pull up those numbers. No, I, don't think, I don't think you should, man. <laughs> There's no need to pull up those numbers. Because Harry Potter doesn't even come close to uh, what... Uh, Lord of the Rings can pull. And uh, let's talk about else. Lord of the Rings has more developed characters. More developed? Yes. Yes. You know why? Because when somebody walks into a room in Lord of the Rings, they have their own theme song. Do they not? Harry Potter was a small child in the I, first movie was, and an adult by the end of the movie. It took you eight can't, movies to get there. Which is, which is to time there. to develop the hell out of that character and the supporting characters as well. You literally watch them grow up in so, these movies. So, you can't develop it more dude, than but that. They had like high school problems. Yo, you know, Lord of the Rings was nothing but an episode of freaking Saved by the Bell. That's all it was. They were just going on hijinks and haikus and doing all these other kind of things, man. <laughs> they were just trying to solve. They needed money to, to save the school at one point, and then they needed money to what you call it. They needed take, money? <laughs> what? That's what Lord <laughs> of the Rings, that, that's what uh, Harry Potter was all about. Was like, we need money so we, could t- so we could take this girl to the Anthony Hopkins dance or whatever the name of the movie. <laughs> that's, all, that's what Lord of the Rings was all about. I'm going to use this cloak of, uh, of shillings. So I could take this girl to the dance without anybody knowing. That's what Harry Potter was all about. Harry Potter was nothing but magic. And it was like, yo, it was magic that I couldn't see possible. Like, nah, this can't happen. Uh, A chocolate frog that actually acts like a frog and you're going to eat it? Come on now. Lord of the Rings was about real magic. It was about a time long past. It uh, It was about a movie before there were black people. Because Lord of the Rings had no black people in it. <laughs> no people of minority in the movie. But it, <laughs> I don't even think they had people of, uh, well, I guess the minorities were uh, hobbits and stuff like that. So you just fit in where you could get in kind of thing. But um, And on top of that, I had Orlando Bloom. Hashtag uh, Heath Ledger. Like, sometimes mistaken. <laughs> but, uh, dude, he was like one of the coolest characters ever. He did have a cool mo- a moment in every movie. Yeah. I will say. I will admit that. Can you... But I there, will always it, pick Harry Potter over Frodo. Really? Yes. Why? Harry Potter was born into what he... What uh, his situation, right? His, uh, his magic thing. But his, yo, Harry his, Potter stayed true to himself in all the movies. Frodo... He was kind of weak in that last moment. He didn't really save Middle Earth. No, he didn't. No, he put the ring back on. Like he was still tempted at the last moment. Because and then his what? his finger had to get bitten off in order for war- so. If you think about it, Gollum saved Middle Earth. That does you know what? Because that is the real human uh, spirit. Element. Yeah, is that we're all evil? We're no, all tempted. Not that we're it's weak. Just that we're constantly being tempted until you finally give in. But 
do you have the power and the strength to give into temptation? He gave into temptation, but there was something else that was holding him back. Gollum is not really there. Gollum was his inside, inside of himself. Gollum wasn't really there, everybody. Gollum you really read into that. I really read. I'm I'm grasping at straws right now. <laughs> All I know is that I'm not a fan of Harry Potter because the movies are just straight up trash. And another thing, uh, what you call it, uh, Harry? I think I relate more to uh, what you call it to the Frodo than I relate to Harry Potter because Harry Potter was born into like he was a uh, hey. Hey, I'm 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 a super magic guy. I'm I'm super magic. You know what I mean? I'm 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 Super Saiyan uh, Goku. Oh, I don't know how to use my powers. I was adopted, uh, so I'm just gonna go to high school. And all these other kids, mind you, all these other kids who are in high school have known that about magic ever since they were little kids, right? They've been doing magic ever since they went to magic elementary school. They went to magic uh, middle school, and then boom, they go to high school. Now there's some new guy. Some fucking new guy here who's like, yo, he's the chosen one. He said, dude, I've been trying to choose myself. I've been trying to better myself every year, studying and everything. What's that other girl, Hermione? She's been studying, trying to be the best that she could be. She, I mean, she basically the Pokemon song in full figure. She's trying to be the best that she could possibly be. And then you have this other person right here who's like, yo, yeah, I'm the chosen one. I really don't know how to use my powers, but I bet I could do my powers more than you. That shows you that. That just shows you that it doesn't matter how hard you try. There's always going to be one motherfucker who just like out of bed, just gets up and could just beat you in a foot race. <laughs> and that will piss me off compared to Frodo, who was just like, yeah, he's living his life. Never wanted to leave the Shire or whatever the name of the place. Never wanted to leave the Shire. Next thing you know, it, boom, an adventure just was just thrusted upon him, this ring. And nobody else wanted to touch the ring. And he was like, all right, man, if nobody want to bring this, uh, this ring to to this place. I'll be UPS. So he ends up going to this place with the fellowship, his friends, his homeboys and stuff like that. Ends up getting there and now he's like, damn, I'm attached to the ring. If the ring was a human being, I could see where he get the attachment because it's like, I've been on this journey with you and now I gotta let you go. I can't. I can't let you go and then boom. He finally let it go. That's why I'm like, I relate more to Frodo than I relate to this person who's just like, yeah, uh, I'm a, uh, Harry Potter is Zach Morris. He's like, oh, he has all the answers, but it's like, how'd you get the answers? Nah, because you know what? Because I'm Zach Morris. He's Zach Morris. Harry Potter is Zach Morris. Ferris Bueller. Uh, who else? Who else is out there? He's, uh, he's <laughs> Zach Morris, Ferris Bueller. I need a third. And he's Jeff Winger, all wrapped up into one. Because he has the answers. He knows the questions. And on top of that, everything is geared towards him. So it doesn't matter. I would not I would hate to go to that school because it doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to be no Harry Potter. You're not going to graduate Simicoon Smarties. <laughs> because Harry Potter is already going to get that. And on top of that, he had a war at the school. Why would they have a war at the school for? They had a whole world... To do whatever they want, but they wanted to have a war at the school. Well, the bad guys went to their school, though. They had to. They couldn't go anywhere. I don't even think the bad guys were that bad. Because, uh, what's the guy? The guy with the no-nos. The guy with the no-nos. He was, uh, 
he was he was Harry Potter before Harry Potter was, wasn't he? He was the chosen one. Yeah, he, he was like a, he was like a prophecy, I guess. He was a prophecy, but he wanted to deny that prophecy, right? I don't know. I'm just saying, right? He wanted to deny that prophecy. He was like, man, I just want. I don't to really know that. that much about Harry Potter. And I know they got two more books coming out. But or something I just in enjoy the movies a lot more. I can watch the Harry Potter movies. Lord of the Rings is like last resort. If there is nothing else on, I watch. Because Lord Harry of the Rings. Potter is like wacky, man. It's it's like <laughs> National Lampoon, man. You can watch it. Go ahead. It's early National Lampoon, not later like National Lampoon. I don't even think they still making movies. But Harry Potter is National Lampoon and all those other things that I'll talk about put together. Lord Rings for the win. <laughs> Let us know what you think. We're going to be posting this poll on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let us know who, who's got to go. And I think we got to go. Yes. Uh, I have been Pat. And this was Kev. Catch y'all at the tail slate. Everybody enjoyed that uh, episode. Uh, the song that you're listening to is "What I've Done" from Lincoln Park. The song was also featured in the first Transformers film. And uh, what'd you think about the episode, Pat? Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought Lord of the Rings came out on top. Uh, <laughs> it's a little rough in the beginning, but uh, after that, uh, they were triumphant. Um. So if, if Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter was Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Which one would be Floyd? Which one would be Conor? Because this is obviously going to answer uh, who you're rooting for oh, in man. the Conor versus Mayweather. Um, I favor more towards uh, MMA, so I'm going to go for Conor McGregor. But I don't know, man. It's just like... Um, Boxing is like one of those, it's like an old school kind of thing. So I want them to win because it's like one of those things. Like even if Conor McGregor wins, what's it gonna do for MMA? Nothing really. It's not gonna do anything for the MMA. If 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 boxing was to if, if Mayweather was to win, it's not gonna do. It's just gonna be like yeah, we're still relevant kind of thing for boxing. But if Connor wins is just gonna be like yeah yeah we won but big whoop so people are making it more personal kind of thing because they said Connor McGregor says some racist things stuff like that but me personally um, I don't I don't you can't say the word boy now <laughs> you can't you can't say boy other than that I haven't I haven't seen anything else but. If that if boy is calling somebody uh, it's a racist term, then my dad is racist. <laughs> Cause he, I remember him calling me boy when I was a little kid. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. I mean, people read into things that people get offended because they read into things based off of uh, the life that they've gone through. Have you ever seen that? Like people getting offended over 
Like if you say something like, oh, I'm offended over that. Why are you offended over what I just said? Are you mad because you thought I was somebody that you had a confrontation with in the past? Pass over this stuff? It just doesn't make any sense that people get offended over things. I don't know, man. This world that we live in is crazy, but uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that uh, Lord of the Rings is Conor McGregor and uh, Harry Potter is Floyd Mayweather. And I hope Lord of the Rings wins. <laughs> but I'm not paying for that fight. It's it's $100. Well, you could just watch it at my job for free. Oh, for real? Yeah, they're, gonna, oh, they're definitely going to play it. There's no way they're not going to play play that fight. How many people are going to be there? Well, you've been to my job when there's fights. Not that many people show up. Like, there's, I think people still don't are realize that we... Advertise this fight or no? They advertise all of them, but oh, still real? no one shows up, so... I don't know, man. If After you get there early enough, shouldn't be bad. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That is, that is an option, man. I might as well post that one. Because uh, we're just thinking like, oh, I guess we can go to to Martin's house and watch it. But that's still like, I'm like, dude, I'm not willing to spend no more than $10 for this fight. And that thing is 100 bucks. I'm pissed off. I'm just thinking about the fact that it's $100. Well, fights are usually like 30 or $40. And it might even last 12 rounds. It might just go for like three or four rounds. Oh my god, I don't know. I hope but it does is... go three or four rounds, though. Right. I don't want to see... I don't want to see another Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather fight where they're like literally just trying to go all the way to collect every little penny. I don't want to see it. I want to see a fight. I want to see a fight. I want to see a knockout. I haven't seen a knockout in boxing in a while. I haven't seen one live in a long time too. I've only seen like repeats and stuff. I mean, uh, with the stuff online. But other than that, man, have you heard about uh, this Game of Thrones? Might be doing another show, um, based off of uh, if if the South won the Civil War and slavery still exists to today. Yeah, Game of Thrones. They might be doing that show, and uh, well, I mean, it's big. You can see that how they're taking it because uh, I'm not sure if it's based off of a book or anything, but you see how uh, Amazon has this show that if the Nazis won, um, that's the only show that I can think of that's basically like that. And to be honest, man, I mean, I want to see it. <laughs> Just like I, I watched the Amazon show, if the Nazis won, that show is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, but it shows you like, wait a minute. Uh, the first time I watched it, I thought it was just going to be like, this is a world and they're just trying to revolt against the Nazis and uh, the Chinese and stuff. But they showed that, oh, it's an alternative universe. And somebody went to this universe and changed things around kind of shit. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well, let's see what happens kind of shit. I haven't seen the second season, but um, I'll catch up to it. Other than that, um, shoot. Yeah, I think that's the show, man. <laughs> uh, I've been Pat once again. And this was Kev. And I hope everybody enjoys this song. <laughs>